Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 224, starting off security news and coronavirus. In one of the earliest super spreader events, a bunch of Biogen employees unwittingly spread the virus to multiple states after an internal conference. So they all got together and talked about how good the company was doing and then got on uh, planes and flew to different states and spread the virus very early. As if East Africa didn't have enough to worry about with the virus, people are gathering together to fight off a giant plague of locusts, which is massive. Evidently, it's 20 times larger than the previous one, and it's completely devastating their crops. And of course, people have to come together to figure out how to fight the locusts, which puts them at risk for the virus. John Conway died on Saturday of the virus after getting sick on Wednesday. He was fine on Tuesday, got sick on Wednesday, and died on Saturday. Our meat supply is evidently in danger due to meat plant workers getting sick and or plants being forced to shut down. Zoom is adding the option to control how your traffic is routed around the world. For example, letting you make sure it never goes through China or whatever. It's almost like a static route that you set up. You could basically say, make sure it goes through here or make sure it doesn't go through there. Researchers created a powerful video showing how a cough moves through typical air-conditioned rooms. And I warn you, if you do watch the video, you might not go outside anymore. 5G coronavirus conspiracy theories are likely being magnified by disinformation campaigns. Some really cool research here coming out of a couple different places. And Japan is going to use part of its stimulus to pay its companies to move their production out of China. I imagine they will not be the only ones. And BlackBerry has released a massive report stating that the Chinese government via multiple APT groups, hacked their and the world's most sensitive customer call data for over a decade. So evidently, this is back when people, a lot of people were using Blackberries, and they found out that a bunch of APT groups coming out of China actually had access to the data that was being exchanged, the the stuff that was going back and forth between their network. And, uh, They claim they did it by targeting Linux. Breaches. Some horrible people are serving the personal details of 1.4 million doctors on some hacker forums. And SFO Airport had its websites hacked, resulting in lost data. Technology news. Even though traffic is up on places like YouTube and Facebook, Creators are still making less because advertisers 
or at least many of them, have paused spending. So traffic is up, but revenue is actually down because advertisers are cautious. Understandably so. Human news, sex workers are also having to find a way to work online from home and uh, got a pretty interesting write-up on it at New York Times. Yosemite is being overrun by wild animals, which I guess is a return to normal for them. The VA is moving to treat more people virtually, and they're getting a lot of influx of requests and traffic. And a whole bunch of art galleries and museums are doing virtual tours, which if you're into that, you should get in on that. And Hollywood agents are signing social media influencers not to come to Hollywood, but to just keep doing what they're doing at a bigger scale. And this one uh, highlights someone, I think, named Addison on TikTok. Social distancing might bring back the drive-in theater, something I grew up with in the Bay Area and was super cool. And it makes sense, right? Because you stay in your car, you can have the windows up. And uh, I would love to see this if it came back. I don't know where they're going to build them, but I hope they do it. Well, actually, you know what you could do now is you could just set up a giant screen and you could just have a internet radio station or a local broadcast. You could just have it as, I don't know, have it as a podcast or something. You just need to figure out how to sync it up with the screen. Shouldn't be too hard with all the tech we have. Ideas, trends, and analysis. This Zoom hate is silly is a essay I wrote last week. It's got quite a bit of traffic. And it's basically about how uh, people are freaking out about the Zoom stuff. And I don't think it makes all that much sense. It looks like the volumes that they had were significant. I, I thought they were significant, you know, a year ago when I was here about hearing about them. Or maybe six months ago, however long ago it was. That local server that you could just automatically spawn a call with like stuff like that. That was, that was freaking me out. And uh, I've got a friend who, who had some exposure to some of their volumes in different ways and basically said that they were not handling things well, uh, according to his opinion, which I trust completely. So, uh, I mean, they definitely did focus on, you know, functionality and speed and ease of use above security in the past. What looks like has happened now is a complete understanding that the tool needs to be more secure. They have a security council now. A friend of mine is on it. Uh, they hired Alex Damos to do security consulting for them. And they've already made a number of changes. They made a number of changes to the meetings, um, the predictability of the, of the different uh, meeting IDs. They changed the defaults to be more secure. And of course, we talked about the story earlier where they're now letting you control how traffic is routed so you can avoid countries that you're worried about. I think most people use that for China. But um, yeah, it seems like they're making a bunch of changes. And because of the scrutiny and because so many people are using it, we're, I mean, that was a 20x increase in traffic over three weeks. That brings scrutiny. And when you have a CEO like um, the one they have, who basically responded and said, okay, we're about to take this extremely seriously. It's a kind of situation where 
it could have been worse before than their competitors. I don't know if it was. I mean, the, my friend says it is, so it likely is. Um, but after all this scrutiny and all this extra hands on deck and a security council and Alex working on it, it's going to end up being more secure, like not in a year from now, but like a month from now. And arguably, maybe it already is. So, I don't know. I, I think uh, a lot of the hate at this point is is really haterade. It's the fact that so many competitors are upset that they're getting all the attention. Every When I t- look or listen to podcasts or any sort of media, like everyone's using Zoom. They, they, Zoom is becoming the Kleenex of, you know, nose tissue. It's like every single time you hear about some cooking show or, oh, I want to connect with my loved ones or whatever, they're not like talking about WebEx. They're not talking about Google. They're talking about Zoom. And a lot of people are upset about that. And the other article was COVID will accelerate trends that were already coming. And this is one I wrote, I think, Sunday night, actually late Sunday night. That got picked up a few places, uh, Reddit, Hacker News, and uh, I actually sent it to my somewhat of a friend, uh, Andrew Yang. I know the guy a bit. And uh, he, he tweeted it out. So that was cool. So that's got a lot of exposure. It's basically talking about things like uh, video surveillance. Uh, I didn't really talk about telemedicine. I probably should have. But the fact that people are going to want to dive into games and sort of disappear from reality. And most importantly, the move to automation is what I talked about. Basically, I, I put like seven different trends that were going to be coming anyway, in my opinion, but that have just been massively accelerated by COVID. So the virus will basically make people do these things much, much earlier. And the automation case is a really good example of this because let's say you're a small business and you took 10 years to spin up to having 200 employees. And during that 10 years, you've been shown all these different types of automation technology. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. And you're shown a new HR system, which could actually have you fire your HR people. Let's say you had whatever, five HR people, and you found a bunch of new technologies that could make it so you don't need all your retail people, right? Maybe you only need one-tenth of the retail people that you had. And lots of different examples, right? So you could actually get rid of half of your employees, but these are now family for you. You know, they helped you in the early years. They've been with you for 10 years. It's inefficient, but your business is fine and it's functioning. Well, then the virus happens. You have to get rid of 90% of your people. You're barely surviving. You've got whatever, 20%, uh, 20 people left. And now you come out of the virus in whatever, six months, uh, two years from now, whatever it is. You come out of the virus. Are you going to spin back up to 200 people immediately? If you can get that same amount of work done by adding just 20 people, the answer is probably no. The answer is as people survive and try to rescale after this crisis, 
they're going to jump to the automation, which is now available. They wouldn't have done it quickly if things had stayed the same, but given the new situation, given the fact that they're already had to fire those people, they will not choose to add them again. And this is something Andrew Yang talked about, which I mentioned in the article in uh, his book, The War on Normal People, basically saying, he basically said, wait for the crisis and you will see a lot of people jump to automation. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. All right, next one here. I don't recommend investments, but if I did, (laughs) I'd probably recommend investment in not just telehealth, but telehealth focused on mental health. As far as how to do that, I I have no idea. I'm probably going to look into it, but goodness. I mean, we were already depressed when things were thriving, right? As a country, especially in the U.S., now add unemployment, home quarantine, relationship problems, PTSD from fear of dying, PTSD from experiencing people actually dying. You have like a perfect storm for millions of people needing to talk to a mental health professional, which they can't do in person. So I, I think this telehealth around mental health is about to be a major industry. Many teachers are reporting that kids aren't showing up for remote schoolwork. Uh, This article I linked to here talks about like half in a lot of places, half of students not showing up. And here's the sad part. Guess which kids those are likely to be, right? Is it the immigrant kids from Indian and Asian families who are already doing well in school? Are they suddenly not going to show up? No. The answer is, it's going to be the same ones with all the other disadvantages in life, right? Who don't have a priority on education and just see this as an opportunity to get out of it. It just shows us that, once again, both advantages and disadvantages build on and multiply each other. And Disney Plus gained 50 million subscribers in five months. Updates. Uh, Yeah, I mentioned this. I sent my latest piece to Andrew Yang, and he tweeted it out, which was pretty cool. And I'm deep diving a whole bunch on uh, stuff I could do at home. So TV, audio, coffee, YouTube video production. I'm making one right now on absurdism, which is turning out to be pretty fun. But yeah, lots of stuff. I I feel like I just want to deep dive and fully study and... uh, just fully understand everything and and do it to the nth degree since I'm stuck here in the house. Really thankful for my recent training in stoicism. I think it's paying off. Though I think I was able to really adapt in this way before. I I just seem to see closed doors as an opportunity to stay inside that room and have fun or just try different doors. Discovery. High-quality office and coffee shop background sounds. Found these on YouTube last night, and just unbelievable. It's you, you hear the sound of an office, and you're like, I used to put on Bluetooth headphones to listen, or to avoid listening to that. And now I'm seeking it out, and there's a whole bunch of views on this thing. I mean, people are going here to listen to an office. 
And the coffee shop one, I mean, that was like a, an emotional experience for me to listen to the coffee shop. I mean, do you hear grinders in the background? Do you hear clinking of spoons on glasses as the baristas are making the coffee? And you hear chatter from people. You're surrounded by people. And they're just chilling out. They're looking at their phones. They're drinking coffee. They're laughing. They're talking. And they're right next to you. All those people enjoying coffee with you enjoying coffee in close proximity. And I'm like, we had this. This is what we did. We, I was able to just go to a coffee shop and hang out and drink coffee with other humans. And it's insane. It's insane to listen to and realize that we had that and we, we took it for granted. And I hope if and when we can enjoy that again, that we won't take it for granted ever again. How to write a book using Pandoc, Make, and Vim. A MITRE attack matrix for attacking Kubernetes put out by Microsoft. Honeypot as a service. COVID and forced experiments by Benedict Evans. Patator, a multi-purpose brute forcer. This is pretty cool. Kind of like Hydra, but for lots of protocols, it's like universal protocol, modular. Looks awesome. Haven't used it yet. Recommendations. A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. This is the book to read to get into Stoicism. Highly recommend it. The Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. I think his name is William Irvine. And the aphorism for the week. Despair is a narcotic. It lulls the mind into indifference. Despair is a narcotic. It lulls the mind into indifference. Charlie Chaplin. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmiesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.